Welcome. Welcome. Dog's favorite garbage. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh, then think. Here's physicist Melissa Franklin. This is some research that was done in Texas. It was published in the year 1992. What's the title? Determination of Favorite Components of Garbage by Dogs. Would you repeat that, please, just for Determ- in case anybody has doubts that they heard? Determination of favorite components of garbage by dogs. And one more time. Determination of favorite components of garbage by dogs. Who wrote this? Bonnie Beaver, Margaret Fisher, and Charles Atkinson. Who was that first author? Bonnie Beaver. And the second author was Fisher. We have Beaver and Fisher, Fisher writing about determination of favorite components of garbage by, by dogs. dogs. Mm-hmm. This was published in a journal called Applied Animal Behavior Science. And they are from... College Station, Texas. From Texas A&M University and also from the DuPont Company. What's this about? The study was to determine which commonly found household garbage odors would be the most attractive to dogs. 13 items were tested as fresh odors or were aged for 72 hours before testing. Each of the 325 paired odor combinations was tested on 12 dogs. That's a lot of testing. And not very many dogs. Not very many dogs. It used to be, they say here, mostly all about meat. A great deal has been written about canine odor and taste preferences, especially as they relate to eating patterns. While conducted in various ways, most were designed to differentiate preferences between meats. Do you have preferences between meats? I'm not really eating meat lately. But I do have preferences. Yes. I would rather eat turkey than goat or lamb. And that's it for preferences. Well, pastrami, obviously. (laughs) What is pastrami? I have no idea. I don't think it's lamb, though. There was an assumption, and the scientists here are trying to face up to that assumption and look into whether it's a good assumption or not. Yeah, it has been assumed, but not proven, that these same preferences and their relation to hunger can be applied to street roaming dogs breaking into garbage bags. Garbage bags, really, that's the center of all this, isn't it? Apparently. To design a garbage bag or a repellent for garbage bags, it is a necessary design to design a what for garbage bags? To design a garbage bag or repellent. That's what I was asking yeah, about. For garbage bags. What is a repellent? Something you put on the garbage bag to re- repeal, to repel, <laughs> to repel dogs, obviously, or animals. It is necessary to determine what odors of garbage are the most attractive. It is also necessary to test whether aging of the contents has an effect on the attractiveness of a particular kind of garbage, as dogs are reported to prefer gamey meat. I was going to say gamey meat, (laughs) but gamey meat is um, from gamey things. There's a phrase that you just spoke because you read it off the page here from this research report. The attractiveness of a particular kind of garbage. Yes. In your experience, yes. and the experience of people you've run into who've mentioned this kind of experience, yes. are there smells that come from garbage that are attractive to people? To people. Not sure. Can't speak for all people. No, I don't find garbage smells attractive, but obviously raccoons do. 
The dogs. Tell us about the dogs. Twelve random source dogs were used in this study, ranging in weight from 9.1 to 18.2 kilograms. The breeds were generally mixed, although three dogs were mostly beagle. <laughs> the testing was done consistently in a particular kind of place. The test area was 1.7 meter wide and 9.8 meter long. There were two plastic boxes located 7.6 meters from the entry door. Each box contained a styrofoam plate with a predetermined type and age of garbage. The plastic boxes were covered with a wire screen to prevent the dogs touching the garbage during the actual tests. The researchers were looking at very particular differences or looking for very particular differences in the dogs. Each dog had a slightly different indication of choice, but each choice had to be a definite indication, not a subtle glance. The dog could paw, push, sit by, stare at, or use prolonged sniffing to indicate their choice. The odors, Melissa. Tell us about the odors. 13 items commonly put in household garbage were tested, both as freshly prepared items and after aging for 72 hours. These items were baked chicken, fried chicken, raw chicken, soiled baby diapers, broiled fish, mixed fresh fruit, Broiled hamburger, fried hamburger, raw hamburger, fried liver with onions, raw liver, plain paper, and raw mixed vegetables. Why do you think they chose 72 hours rather than 12 hours or 100 hours or a million hours? Because it probably takes 72 hours for things to start rotting. <laughs> so it's significantly different than not rotting. They took pains in preparing the things that would smell. Yes, aged odor sources were prepared in the same manner as fresh odor sources. During the actual tests, all 26 garbage types involving 13 items of fresh and aged status were paired against each other in 325 combinations to determine ranked preferences. <laughs> ranked preferences. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Rank. Uh -huh. Well, there's some data you're not looking at. Probably. You want to look at it? No. It wasn't all what we would consider food. No. Soiled diapers. The first presentation of soiled diapers brought soiled a, diapers. Soiled diapers brought a great deal of attention by most dogs. Approximately eighty percent of the dogs showing interest in the odor. As the odor became more familiar, average interest level dropped to forty percent. What was going on? Do you think with those twenty percent of dogs that showed no interest in the soiled diapers? Yeah, I don't know what they're soiled with. Um, Take a guess. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, it seems strange. But one is like, I guess, yes, I guess there are soiled diapers in garbage. So you would, it's just all this food and then soiled diapers is odd. Anyhow, you would think that a dog would, would go towards soiled diapers. But I guess 20% of dogs are germaphobes like Donald Trump. The dogs <laughs> seem to make some decisions about these soiled diapers. While the dogs did spend more time investigating the soiled diaper odor, they usually chose the other odor in the pair as the preferred item. Some odors seemed to encourage a urine-marking behavior by several of the dogs. What does that mean? The dogs peed on it. Odors that were urinated on included aged diapers, fresh fried chicken, aged fried hamburger, and particularly aged broiled fish. As you're reading this, does this conjure up images in your mind? Yes. Where does it all lead? What does this come to? Well, what, what are the, the conclusions? Yeah. The conclusions are this. This, this series of odor tests determined that dogs clearly preferred meat to non-meat odors. The order of meat odors selected varied somewhat among dogs, but the top two, 
Fried liver with onions and baked chicken were the most attractive types of meat over 90% of the time. Different forms of beef and fish ranked somewhat lower. Contrary to the statement That's made by- ranked again, isn't it? Yes, ranked. It's, everything is ranked. Contrary to the statement made by Walker in 1975, these Who? dog- Walker. <laughs> Walker, A.D. Walker, taste preferences in the domestic dog and cat. Ah, yeah, that's listed as one of the yes. citations here. Yes. Uh, contrary to the statement made by Walker in 1975, these dogs did not prefer their meat gamey. Instead, the fresh odors ranked higher than the corresponding aged odor in all 13 of the materials. Hmm. Hmm. I thought it... gamey meant things you shot with a gun, but it means rancid, I guess. Is this going to change your life, knowing what you've just learned by reading this? Well, um, I could. I could be in a situation where I need to know. I have a, an old piece of meat and a new piece of meat, and I want a dog to come. Okay, good. Oh, don't leave us hanging there. Well, I mean, I can imagine that I would use that piece of information. I'm glad I know it. I feel, I feel happy about this. It was a good five minutes well spent reading this paper. Good. Want to go to lunch? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research. What we explored today was featured in the magazine in issue 19-2, the special blushing issue. You can buy the special blushing issue of the magazine or any of the more than 150 other back issues and find all kinds of surprising research studies that your friends would love to know about. You can even subscribe and get six new issues a year. Go to our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>